if only people knew. Um, no, it's gone. Okay. Colts! Colts! Hey! <laughs> I hope you've got research. Oh, no! I was hoping you would... <laughs> I have some. I have. I have. I have stuff. I have stuff. Okay. I have thoughts that I I really share. I did about an hour's worth of reading. Oh god, this and- is like an intricate actual fucking subject. We're both like, they'll do research. Get the one more do research. <laughs> well, my issue with the whole cult thing. Well, let's spit on it. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Ginsalt. We've missed you, but we've also enjoyed a week off. We so also now have lives. Yeah, we've refreshed our hysteria tank and now we're back to um, yell into your ears whilst laughing maniacally. And uh, and we thought we'd choose a favourite subject of ours. Apparently there we may have nothing to say on it. Um, cults! 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 Yeah, uh, so Tempest and I... I don't know if you've noticed, both of us are quite into true crime and we love all kinds of things and we're fascinated with quite a lot of morbidity. And cults is something that really comes into play with that, especially because cults is something that hasn't gone away, but it's also not a new phenomenon. It's just something that's been around for a long time. And also, if it was an excuse to dick on manipulative men for an hour, then we're kind of here for it. Yes, yes, that's true. So my stumbling block came when I was trying to find a definition of cult of which there are a few because it's a popular popular culture term as well as like a sociological if that's the right word term and you probably came across the same thing I did which is like people kind of argue about it in different ways how to define it well it's a helpful definition because we do tend to use cult as a negative definition and then which I'm sure you loved too there's different ways of using cult there's the cult that we all think of it's like you know family of God and all of that Scientology but then we have like cultishness as in like the cult of the saints like Catholic ding I feel like we should have a Catholic bell that we just ring every time you reference Catholicism whereby that's more of like a set of behaviours in kind of worship to something or acknowledgement of something um, which is a very different way of using the term cult so my stumbling block was having read all of this stuff I'm just like not a single one of these definitions hasn't convinced me that our major religions don't fall under this category <laughs> and I was amused because one sociologist wrote if you take the term in like the way that we use it in popular life, cult just really means any religion that isn't yours to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, essentially. And of course, then it comes down to the fact that we commonly use it in slang. Now, like, it's a cult. Mm. It's not a cult. There is a long-standing joke with loads of people. If you like start following something quite religiously, words intended, then yeah, then it's referred to as a cult. But I guess we'll be referring to quite a, I guess... The 70s version of the cult, which is people in a forest. Have you got a definition? I've got one. No, I haven't got one. Oh, okay. I did something useful then. Yes, you did. Well done. So there are lots of, obviously, people have tried to define cult. Uh, Here's one I thought was pretty general. So there are thousands of cults in the world. Some are harmless and some can be very dangerous. A cult is a group or movement held together by a shared commitment to a charismatic leader or ideology. It has a belief system that has answers to all of life's questions and offers a special solution to be gained only by following the leader's rules. It requires a high level of commitment from at least some of the members. I thought that was pretty good. But you could say that about Christianity or Islam. Uh, yes. In the early days, at least. Is it the physical manifestation of conspiracy theories? Mm. Well, there's lots of... Because is QAnon a cult or a conspiracy theory? 
for example. Because you get like political cults, don't you? And like ideological cults. Yeah, no, I, I, I would say that for it to exist as a cult, it really needs to follow almost an individual. QAnon doesn't have an individual at the head of it. Well, it does. Q. Oh, yeah. It's all about what, what Q said and what Q meant. I listened to a QAnon podcast, um, not released by QAnon followers, but like uh, kind of analysing the development of QAnon. And uh, so now there's this whole thing. Now Donald Trump didn't get re-elected. The QAnon followers have fallen into two camps, one of which is people who believe that this was the plan all along and like they meant Biden to win. So now there's like this whole like channels on, is it Telegraph and like on YouTube and stuff where they retroactively read Q drops and like reinterpret them to say kind of, oh no, he was trying to tell us all along that like this is what would happen. And uh I don't know, that sounds pretty religious to me. Well. Is there a leader of QAnon? Because what I mean like, is I don't think it's a cult because I don't think there's an individual leader. Is Because Q is an abstract figure at the moment. Is there an actual leader at the moment that's conducting people? I don't think there's just one. I think there are like big people within the movement who, who like interpret Q's, Q drops, mm. as they call, like the little conspiracy theories that Q drops, but no one knows who Q is. But there is the central figure that's all supposed to be this insider who's got like Q clearance, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. so like telling you what's really going on with the deep state. Oh my God. I just need people to go home. Please. <laughs> I can't. I can't have this Isn't discussion. the problem that people have been home for a really long time with nothing to do? I'm really struggling with people's common sense in general. And I can't. I can't. Cults was the worst idea today. I had a guy come in today. It was like, oh, it's, I was like, I think my daughter's got symptoms. Okay. And she's like, she's been coughing for five days, but she's been around friends' houses and she seems to be fine. And I was like, get your ass out of my clinic now. <laughs> you super spreader. Why haven't you ordered a PCR test? Oh, what's wrong with people? Well, they were like, oh, well, we thought we'd get a test if the cough continued because it had only been for a few days. So she's been, we've just been going around as if it's normal, but it has been five days. So we're a little bit concerned. I was like, I hate you. I physically hate you. Oh, my God. Right, And he good. was so pissed off that I told him to go home. <laughs> I was like, go home. Stop spreading. Stop it. <laughs> go home. I just, yeah. No words. So I just, I'd have no time for humans in general mm. QAnons I'm sorry I'm, I I want to say that I respect your opinion but I don't <laughs> good lord sure I'm really sad I've just realised I'm really sad that I should have chosen a different cult I know a lot more about another cult and I should have just brought that to the table you can bring both Mormonism oh yay Mormonism I'm here for chat about Mormonism Mormonism is fascinating glorious history of it's such a new religion and based on a dude that found some essentially gold plates in his garden. That's it. And no one's seen them. Is this the one where only he can interpret them, but he has to do it for a mirror backwards or something wild? Mm, no, no, no. He kind of like copies it down on plain paper. So he's got plain paper with all the notes on, which I don't know, it's just, but possibly might have been the original. The gold ones don't exist, but I don't know. It's magic. Ah. Uh, it's so good. And actually, I will say that Book of Mormon does do quite an interesting amount of justice to the history of it, which is interesting. There's that also really funny episode of South Park as well, where they go into it. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> All about the coins and stuff. It's 
I'm probably wildly offensive to people who follow the Mormon religion, but I think it's, like you say, actually quite an accurate retelling of the origination of the religion, Air Bunnies. Yeah, maybe we will get some hate over Mormonism. I'm here for it. Mm. I'm prepared to get hate it's over okay. most religions. I just, if your religion has been made up in the last few decades by a solo person, I do just think, I'm sorry, is there is there never a part of you that just thinks, maybe they're lying. Maybe this all seems very far-fetched. Maybe I shouldn't live my entire life based around what this one person's telling me, particularly if they're like gatewaying information and access. Yeah. And one thing that we don't have time to really cover today, but going into it, is whenever I do research into cults, it's like looking into and realising the control and the manipulation that these people have over other people's lives. Ah, it's absolutely... It's going to be a real upper of an episode. I can feel it. I can feel it in my bones. Did you say you were going to do Scientology? Uh, Yeah, I did. Um, I... researched it well again i fell down so we can talk about scientology i'm not going to present like a potted history of it but we can chat about it because again it's just one of those things that's so sprawling and so wild and so unfathomable and there's such a gulf between what followers of scientology will say and then what people who are like claiming let's be quote unquote fair that the real backstory of it is so i ended up on the scientology website for a while which was really fun Uh, I have previously listened to the Behind the Bastards series about um, L. Ron Hubbard and I'd forgotten because I also listened to Jamie DeWolf who's L. Ron Hubbard's great great grandson who kind of talks about the family history and what he had to say and I'd forgotten that for a little while L. Ron Hubbard was part of a Alistair Crowley affiliated sex cult (laughs) and I've listened to a whole hour and a half about that and then later on had to claim that he was being paid by the FBI to like disband this demonic sex cult but basically it was just him and the leader of this cult out in the desert and the leader of this cult was just wanking over this stone to try and summon the goddess of the whore of Babylon, that's it. So he could have a moon child while L. Ron Hubbard just made notes the whole time. And I think in the end, he ran off, L. Ron Hubbard ran off with the cult leader's long-term girlfriend and stole all of his money. Yeah, the Scarlet Woman, his Scarlet Woman. He ran away with his Scarlet Woman. I, do, I recently went on a huge binge of Alistair Crowley. Podcast on the left did a like three-part series on it and it was just so good. So good. It's fascinating. Yeah, I'm sure. I'd love to hear all about it because I very briefly whizzed past Alistair Crowley stuff when I got into Wicca when I was really young because you can, of course, fall down like a demonology, Rabbit Warren, and then it all just seemed kind of crazy and dark. So I didn't, although I have some of his books, I don't think I ever really got around to reading them. But what I really enjoyed about L. Ron Hubbard is that that sex cult story is just one of like 30 equally crazy stories from his life. I mean, he really is a fascinating monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does sound like he's got some good, good stories yes have you heard of the anthill kids no i have not Uh, it was a essentially a group of people that were (laughs) controlled and manipulated by someone quite terrifying it's a french canadian guy called rock terrio and i can tell you that it's probably one of the worst cults that i've ever come across one of the reasons i find it so fascinating is because people tried to shut this down and it was so violent and awful but no one seemed to manage it It's just one of those things where it's just like, how did this go on for so long? And I'll be honest, this is a testament to a couple of social workers who just really stuck it out and did everything in their power to save the people that were in it. 
So, Rock Stereo was born in 1947 in Quebec, and he was very much raised in quite a heavily Catholic family and was very much of the Catholicism of Seventh-day Adventism. Super, super fun. So, Yant Hill Kids, in the mid-70s, Rock used to be an exceptional, charismatic, wonderful human being. Like, he was so charismatic. Every story about cults starts with someone who's got charisma, which makes me worried about us. (laughs) I'm like, check. Yeah, and also, sometimes I read through cults, I don't know if you get this, but sometimes you hear the echoes of your ex-boyfriends. Ooh, dark. Like, if they were organised, they'd be able to do this, but luckily they weren't. Do you ever read through it and be like... Should we be using some of these tactics to sell more tickets? Or social media. Mm. Yeah, it's, yes. a, it's a lot of charisma. It's a lot of dependence. But anyway, he basically promoted and really, really believed in unity, equality, people to be free of sin. Um, he gathered a group of people uh, in the cult, very much that kind of developed in about 1977 in Quebec. And he developed a commune. He prohibited the group from remaining in contact with their families and to withhold the cult's values of freedom. This is like the first thing that ever happens in a cult. As soon as you're not allowed to talk to your family, you're in a cult. That's, I think, a really good sign, would you say? Yeah. As soon as you're not allowed to talk to your family and friends, you're in an abusive relationship. Yeah, you're in a manipulative and negative situation. So basically, like any good cult, it kind of has to have a bit of a deadline for it to be urgent and for people to actually want to get involved. So, Is this a doomsday cult? A little bit. Just a little bit. It's doomsday, but then I'll be honest, the fallout of the doomsday is, is very like flaccid. And he's like, oh, maybe maybe next year. Maybe maybe another time. But that happens all the time. All the time. Everything's going to die. It's all grand. So Rock feared the end of the world grew, claiming that God had warned him that it would come to an end in February 1979 and he used the commune to prepare for it. In preparation, Rock mewed his commune by hiking to a mountainside called Eternal Mountain in Sanjuk. It was sparsely populated. There was really no one around. And that's where he claimed that they would all, there were all their souls would be saved if they joined the commune. They all had to make their own accommodation. They had to build their own town, build their everything. That's why they called themselves the Ant Hill Kids, because they all worked like work ants, building and working together. That's where the name came from. In 1979, when the apocalypse did not occur, people started questioning. But he defended himself by saying that time on Earth and in God's world were not parallel. So God's working on a slightly different time sheet. It's, it's lost in translation is the main one, which is my favorite thing. When you've gone, when you've gone, doomsday is happening, but there's a clerical error. <laughs> I love it. So basically, that was kind of the standard way of doing it. He kind of pushed it off saying that this was still going to happen. This was still going to happen. This was still going to happen. The reason that I um, found this one so horribly interesting is because it follows that beautiful formula of that he fathered 20 children. It's always that. It's always the way. Oh, It's just, yeah. And some of the crimes that were there were just awful. In the 1980s, they had about 40, 40 members. So it was always quite a small group. It wasn't the side of like Jonestown or anything like that. And I didn't have it in me to cover Jonestown because, oh God. That's the Kool-Aid stuff. Is that right? Mm, mm. Mm, mm, mm. There's some really amazing podcasts on that as well. Yeah. Oof. It's horrible when you listen to, like, I don't know if you listen to cult leaders and the recordings of some of them from like the 70s and 80s and stuff like that. They sound like Trump speeches. 
some of them and you're like oh <laughs> this is not great so he made his world followers wear identical tunics to represent equality and devotion to the commune in 1984 the group relocated to quebec and this is when it all started getting real bad one of the reasons it was absolutely awful uh, was that rock had a huge alcohol problem was drinking continuously and he would get increasingly violent and totalitarian and drunk and it'd be awful um, members were not allowed to speak to each other when he wasn't present and people were only allowed to have sex with each other with his permission oh. it became more erratic and more terrifying it became abusive he would beat each other up and basically say it was throwing their good the standard abusive behavior but one of the reason that he became quite what's the word infamous is because later on in his reign he started taking up amateur surgery yeah okay it's taking a turn i wasn't expecting this is one of the things where it's just like he considered himself to be so godlike and amazing that he would down all this vodka and then he would start operating on people removing limbs cutting things open and that sort of thing it was absolutely terrifying um he drilled holes in people's skulls it was very, 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 very awful. I'm literally just gonna just gonna skim straight through it and give you the general idea of Ant Hill Kids. If you want to research more about it as a general topic, podcast on the left, do a three part series that's really, really good on it. But also Google it for yourself. Are you okay? Uh, yeah, I just uh, <laughs> yeah, I just wasn't expecting that to come out. There must be horror films based on this. Uh, I think so. I think I'm listening to a podcast. There's quite a few things that are referenced on it. There's like one case where he like one of his like closest wives so to speak she was having quite a lot of problems in her stomach and digestive system and he cut open her abdomen with a knife and ripped out part of her intestines with his bare hands and he stitched her back together literally using a needle and thread oh my god yeah whenever you hear about stuff like this i mean cults surely are a testimony to people's desire to fit in <laughs> to have a, a home so to speak and to just how much you can really mess with somebody's heads, like the extremes mm. that people will put up with. Yeah, it's the, and it's also the thing, whenever I read about cults or when I talk to people about cults, there's two people. There's two people. There's people who are like, why would they just not leave? Why would they not leave? Why would they tolerate that? And then there's people who've been in abusive relationships. And there's always one more thing that you'll take or one more thing that's like, okay. And it's like, oh, okay. You, you push yourself and push yourself, push yourself every time to be like, oh no, it's, it's okay. If it gets worse, I'll leave, but it gets worse. But then you're like, oh, but maybe it's not that bad. Maybe I'm thinking it's not that bad. Maybe it's, it is that bad. And if someone's gotten so much control over you to the point where they can literally controlling whether when you speak, then you're not going to have much resilience for defining yourself. And, and people did try and escape. Um, but like a lot of cult survivors, they do go back, which is really, really scared and scary. He massively abused all the children by nailing them to trees and throwing stones at them so they would learn what it felt like to feel pain. So yeah. Jesus. He was arrested finally in the late 1980s. Thank God. But this is due to um, social workers, literally solo social workers going off duty and just turning up and going there and just like grabbing children because it was that bad it's a really fascinating cult and the ins and outs of it are massively interesting if you want to watch a real um what's the word decline of a human through time um see what i meant in terms of we might not put this in <laughs> i think people will find it interesting i think you've got a good balance of enough hideousness and telling people to find out more hideousness if they want to yeah but i can tell you that I don't think he was actually convicted until 
Oh yeah, so Rock was found guilty of assault and the amputation of one of his wife's arms. Wife's uh, arms, yeah, because he just would, removed it for funsies and received a 12-year imprisonment. 12 years, oh good. 12 years. I'm glad that was taken seriously. Last vast majority of the cult followers abandoned Rock after his arrest, but during his imprisonment, um, he fathered another four children. How is this possible? Conjugal visits. <laughs> is this part of this problem the issue when you deprioritize individual human rights to make space for things like freedom of religion (laughs) yeah i mean cults don't just exist in america so you know i'm giving it a very like surface analysis there but like you know especially when you've got children involved who cannot consent to any of this even if i don't know you could arguably say that you can't consent to something like this when you've been brainwashed into it but you do get weird things that go on even just within families and it's like oh well it's their kids you know they have the right to live as they wish i'm like no no you don't have the right to put your kids through this if you wish sorry they don't have the right to consent so what the fuck yeah no it's it's ah also just 12 years yeah just 12 years he ripped someone's intestines out with his bare hands he also covered people in his own shit a lot i know that he really was into shit but i can tell you that um on february 26 2011 a 63 year old rock was found dead near his cell his death was believed to be a result of an alteration with his cellmate so i i don't know if i can say this but thank you cellmate his cellmate pleaded guilty to second degree murder and was sentenced to a life in prison after that. Oh, brilliant. So his cellmate got more time for murdering this monster yeah. than he got for all of the torturous, terrible things that he did. That's good. Uh, there's a bit of a jump. I just need to find out because it was 12 years in 1989. So in 1993, oh, they finally got him for murder of one of his girlfriends so his life was extended um, to a life imprisonment there we go apologies my notes were jumbled up and 2000 it was transferred to dorchester medium security and 2002 he was rejected for parole so once he was in they did everything in their power to keep him in so that's good okay. that is good because everything about this person is possibly the most terrifying human that's ever existed if you want a good like four hours of a horror it's uh, it's there. I'll write that down. Yes. Oh, God. Uh, so would you like to hear about some female cult leaders? Hmm. I'm fascinated by female cult leaders. I only know of like two or three, but I was always fascinated because there's a believed reason why there are more men cult leaders and it's to do with the narcissistic tendencies that men seem to have in extreme whereas it doesn't necessarily translate into women. There was a really good sentence about it, but it's a case of this in particular. There are loads of women who are involved in cults. For example, there were female leaders, like you had a female head of the Manson family, you were like children of God. There were women there. Mormonism, you have women at the top there. There is women at the top, but cults centered around a woman. Have you heard of the family? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I have. Isn't the family were um, Rose McGowan and Joaquin Phoenix were born into and their parents ran away? I did not know that. Mm, cult trivia for you. Ah, it was run by Annie Hamilton Byrne. Oh, okay. I thought it was a male cult leader, but obviously not. So, educate me. Well, this is what I know. This is what I've got here. 
in the 1960s, 70s, a toxic blend of Christianity, Hinduism and New Age mysticism came together under the guidance of one woman. And that was Annie Hamilton Byrne. The children of God. Isn't this the family? No, this is just the family. I've conflated two things. My bad. Children of God. That's what Rose McGowan and uh, Joaquin Phoenix were born oh. into. So their parents were in the cult. But as I was skimming through notorious cults of the 70s, obviously the family came up as well. So no, teach me. I know nothing about the family. That makes so much sense with Joaquin. I don't know. He's raised in a cult. That kind of checks out. I don't know why. No accident. Yeah. Anyway, so this is like the era of the yoga instructor revolution. This is it. This is why people should just never be allowed to do yoga or teach yoga. (laughs) We're not allowed to teach yoga. We're not allowed to teach yoga because shit like this happens. I find this cult leader really, really interesting. One of the reasons I find her so interesting is that she literally just convinced people to gift her their children. (laughs) (laughs) great it's terrifying so this very much is a toxic blend of christianity and hinduism and new age mysticism it came under the guidance of one woman and that is annie hamilton byrne she came from a broken home herself her husband died and a series of really unfortunate events had happened throughout her life this is an excuse it but if you look into a lot of cult leaders it's like a lot of psychopaths and a lot of serial killers a lot of them do have a tragic past. It doesn't excuse their behaviour, but it does give us an understanding of how we might prevent more people in the future. One of the interesting things about her is that because of this devastated lone woman, she's kind of the prime cult victim, which is really interesting that it got turned on her head. It's a bit of a stereotype, I guess, but I guess it's quite true in the fact that a lot of cult followers are women and specifically ones who have been abandoned, mistreated and hurt and awful things happen to them. I don't know. All women. So, here it is. The beginnings of the cult are unclear, but Hamilton Byrne quickly transitioned from yoga teacher to new age guru. Yes. Oh, she did. <laughs> new age beliefs were sweeping the world at the time and many gurus claimed to have the secret to eternal happiness fulfillment of life and the next but hamilton took a step further she claimed to be the female incarnation of christ hey there she is isn't it weird that she picked christ rather than a hindu god or goddess uh, i don't know sometimes it's like the christian hindus and crossovers are very much like we'll take the bits that make it look prettier. I don't know. It's a white yoga instructor. What well, I would I don't I can't give them Fair. I can't support them. I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> we ruin everything. <laughs> we ruin so much. <laughs> right. If she stopped here, it probably wouldn't be that bad. However, many thought Hamilton Brown had a certain power that her eyes could pierce their soul. She used this power to exploit the most vulnerable people in society. Children. Taking advantage of the communal nature of the cult, as well as her connections with many doctors, lawyers and officials, Hamilton Byrne would adopt, quotations, adopt eight children over the decades. These were often children of cult members who had gifted their children to her. But her connections also brought her children from orphanages via adoptions um, outside the legal framework. So she just started accumulating children. And then she goes into the next trope where she would dress them identically. Identical hairstyles, identical clothes, everything. She also, like most of her cult members, emotional, like a lot of cult members, sorry, emotional abuse between her and children was commonplace. And as alongside uh, drug abuse, everyone was forced to ingest copious amounts of LSD 
to awaken their minds. And also, this is one thing that really fucks me off. Whenever I hear cults abuse LSD, I'm like, it is the most gorgeous drug in the world. How dare you just ruin it for everyone? No wonder my mum thinks I'm going to join a cult because I take acid. I'm not going to. I just want to have weird sex. (laughs) Did she give it to children? Yeah, by the looks of what I've got here in these two articles, she literally gave it to everyone. Wow. So the cult also took advantage of a nearby psychiatric facility called New Haven. Uh, Her contacts with doctors gave her access to not only a vast array of mind-altering drugs, but also the patients, many of whom would be recruited. So she preyed on many vulnerable adults as well. So she take these children, dress them the same, feed them with LSD... And and then what? And then kidnap people from a psychiatric ward. Just keep them for herself and her own, like essentially for this new age group. I don't think okay. she actually did anything apart from keep people isolated and make them do what she wanted. Okay. Take away all their rights in that sense. Shockingly, it wasn't until 1987 that um, Hamilton Burns was stopped. Essentially, she was stealing children. She's like the child catcher. Mm. But in downward facing dog. Wow, America really is the land of the free. <laughs> Oh, this is um, this isn't America. This is Melbourne. Oh, really? It's Australia. It's Australia. Australia. It wasn't until 1907 that Hamilton was stopped, thanks in large to a suspicious death. Some years earlier, the testimonies of two escaped children. The commune was raided in 1987, and all the children were removed. But Hamilton Byrne and her husband fled the country when they were eventually extradited in 1993 and brought to trial. If it was not for emotional abuse and murder. Um, however, but for conspiracy to defraud and commit perjury that they were charged with. So they were never done for anything other than conspiracy to defraud in the end. In perhaps one of the biggest miscarriages of justice in Australian history, Hamilton paid 5,000 US dollars and she was later sued by numerous individuals paying out approximately 250,000 and much of it coming from the property that was gifted to her as a cult leader. She never went to prison. Wow. Wild. So everything was gifted to her and she used that to pay for her payouts to different people. And 250000 is really not that much. No. I suppose it is 1993. Maybe it is. I don't know. I mean, for a payout, even if it's half a million, obviously it's a lot for an individual, but it's not a massive payout given the scale of harm that she must have done. Uh, she was never brought to justice. She never went to jail. She died in 2019 of late stage dementia in a care home. <laughs> no way. Mm. the other one i hadn't heard of this one is uh, valentina de andrade this is very alien based i'll be honest i haven't got any information on that just female cult leader that i've got up here do you want to do scientology tell me about scientology yay scientology so scientology we can discuss because i didn't write enough down to give you a body history of Basically, Scientology was started by a man named L. Ron Hubbard. You've probably all heard of Scientology, but maybe haven't taken the time to go into what it really is. L. Ron Hubbard is undoubtedly an incredibly charismatic, clever man, uh, as all of these assholes are, or certainly charismatic. And he, I think, also genuinely incredibly good businessman because Scientology Church is worth 
billions and billions and billions and billions. Oh my and god. I, my understanding is that's genuinely through a very good understanding of how to turn religion and business into uh, profit and worship. And uh, so Elrond Hubbard started life as a pulp science fiction writer just as the genre was getting fashionable and people would buy like easy to read quick fiction and he'd like churn out books and books and books and books and books and none of them were particularly great but he just could write so quickly and so prolifically that he just like the more that you write you just sell it on and someone will buy it or ship on shelves and it will sell and it's just like sort of I guess it's like podcasting (laughs) it's the podcasting of its day oh god yep But with money, says but with money. Yeah. <laughs> Rub it in. Okay, good. And uh, he's famously quoted as saying that, you know, if you really wanted to make money, you should start a religion. So what he decides to do is to write a book called Dianetics, which is supposed to be like the secret to how to live a successful life. So I think Dianetics is a book and there's a second part to it. And then he like decides to make Dianetics into officially, rather than a philosophy of life, like a religion. And so he has a great grandson who you can Google on YouTube called Jamie DeWolf, who does this amazing spoken word piece about how his uh, grandfather was right-hand man to his father and then in the end had to run away from the Church of Scientology and like how kind of living with that family legacy in the early days of the development of Scientology and you know to quote him he was like when the facts don't work you need faith and so the idea of like turning Scientology into a religion means that once you bring faith into the equation the facts don't really matter but Scientology sells itself I think as the science of knowing and knowing yourself um, so I watched some of their recruitment videos in preparation for this. And like, you know, it sounds like something that sort of isn't crazy. It's basically this idea that as a as human beings, we go through life and we're just constantly absorbing situations and noises and sounds and words, even from inside the womb. And all of these things mark our subconscious. I think they call it the recessive brain or something. So when you have problems in your life, um, what you've got to do is go back over your life and figure out where, you know, they're stored in like memories that have been misinterpreted and then they're coming out in like either bad behaviors or addictions or mental health issues. Scientology doesn't believe that there are mental health problems that they don't believe in psychiatry. So it's about kind of going back if you could go back through your life and work out the roots of these traumas you can live a more fulfilled wholesome better life you you know you can achieve beyond your wildest dreams now that doesn't sound so mad but then we get into the aliens <laughs> And Scientology isn't just a religion, quote unquote. It's also a pyramid selling scheme and people pay just thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds to reach different levels. And the higher up the levels you go, the more wild (laughs) the belief systems are. So I think once you get to a certain level, you learn that... um, we're actually, we're like hosts for these immortal alien beings that have been around for millennia. So then it gets into the realm of science fiction. And so there's like, <laughs> I'm going to have to have I saved this page. It's just so good. Um, oh. Zenu. Yeah. <laughs> Zinu, brilliant. Oh, I did also save a page on personal integrity, which is just wild, written by L. Ron Hubbard. Zenu. So the, one of the problems Scientology has is back in the day when Scientology was 
invented, we didn't have the internet. Um, so it's much easier for them to keep a lid on some of the wackier elements of it and present themselves as a much more uh, normal, stable religion. And then by the time people get to reading about spacecraft and aliens and stuff, they've paid a huge amounts of money and been in this cult for like 10 years that you're probably like pretty willing to accept anything. And even if you don't, you've already paid. So... So one of the revelations to come out from some of the wackier beliefs of Scientology is the Xenu story, which is part of the church's advanced technology and is considered a sacred and esoteric teaching, which is only revealed usually to members who have completed a lengthy sequence of courses, costing huge amounts of money. So basically, according to L. Ron Hubbard, Xenu is the dictator of the Galactic Confederacy who brought billions of his people to Earth, then known Known as Tijiak in a DC 8 like spacecraft 75 million years ago, stacked them round volcanoes and killed them with hydrogen bombs. Official Scientology scriptures hold that the Thetans, the immortal spirits of these aliens, adhere to human beings, causing them spiritual harm. You can Google Xenu, there's a whole Wikipedia page about it. And basically, the higher up Scientology you go, there's a whole load of really wacky, wacky science fiction y based madness that you're uh, supposed to buy into. Literally. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Yes. So uh, that's the funny side of Scientology. And again, South Park actually has done some relatively factually based brilliant takedowns of some of these beliefs, which previously have been very, very heavily guarded. But, you know, Scientology is actually an incredibly powerful, very dark organisation, which has whole teams of people dedicated to blackmail. They've been accused of murder, conspiracy, fraud, harassment, destroying people's careers. And, you know, there is a trail of human suffering and misery for anyone who's tried to unearth any truths about Scientology, people who have tried to leave Scientology, journalists who have written or attempted to write about Scientology and within the, their own Hubbard family. Um, so uh, Hubbard had a few children, I think across three different women um, and one of his sons committed suicide. I think he was gay and rather than face the wrath of Scientology, just found it easier to just check out completely, which is obviously so desperately cool. sad. So yeah, Scientology is one of those things that's kind of easy to to laugh at but actually is genuinely terrifying and insanely powerful plus you have figures like tom cruise and john travolta who are big leaders in scientology and um, apparently lots of scientologists believe that tom cruise is literally the messiah and they have lots of odd misogynistic practices so women aren't allowed to make any noise whilst giving birth in case the sounds of their labor uh, impact and traumatize the fetus like well ron hubbard was not a nice man to women and wrote some really fucked up shit so what, what? oh yeah do you know i hear about this because the whole thing with katie holmes um and they had a daughter and she had to do the rumours of like all the like Scientology practices she had to do. One of them is that you can't, you're not allowed to make any noise. What kind of not any noise? I literally, you have to give birth in silence. Like bite down on the stick, clamp your mouth shut, bitch type of noise. Or no noise. But you... Uh, but I don't know how it's possible either. I mean, they're all also very wealthy. So whether there's some kind of sedation going on or I don't know. I didn't do a deep dive research into it. And no doubt there are things on the internet you can find out more about <laughs> not only is that one up it's completely manipulative and awful um it's also quite misogynistic always misogyny as soon as some dude wants to come on childbirth i'm always just like no when i found out the statistic of like how many women died when they moved women from like birthing at home to hospitals oh god i don't know men should not be involved <laughs> 
Oh, a hundred percent. I completely agree. Um, Elrond Hubbard himself is quite a hilarious character, as we sort of talked about at the beginning. So he has a whole made-up fiction of his life, of course, where he's like a war hero and a fair to busted sex cults and a submarine commander and just all of this wacky. Like he can spin any fucking story, and apparently you can go on these like Scientology museum tours about the life of Elrond Hubbard, and it's all absolutely fucking bullshit. But people are like super into it and really kind of believe all this stuff is true even though it's just it's just not possible like it's so easy to disprove uh yeah so the sex cult stuff whilst he was trying to escape extradition he literally just got a group of his followers and put them on a boat for eight years whilst they sailed around the high seas trying to find treasure because he thought that would be fun he then decided to, on the boat what? to keep everyone in line they need he needed an army of spies so his like top tier ranking group of like people who would keep order on the ship was just this gang of like 14 year old girls (laughs) and the only good thing according to behind the bastards about l ron hubbard is that at no point ever does any stories about sexual assault or rape come up to do with his personal behavior i do think he um had some shady ideology on stuff especially about like how to manipulate women how to treat wives some of that i guess will be of the time as well but you would imagine because most cult leaders it comes out have terrible practices to do with consent and stuff yeah, because they've got that level of power. So, yeah, I think these young girls were just probably attractive to look at and easy to manipulate. But that was sort of where that ended, which doesn't mean to say that other people on the ship weren't taking advantage of them. But I just think the idea of having this like crack team of Gestapo-esque secret service cult spies and they're all like 14 year old girls. <laughs> it's kind of amusing. No, mm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm really concerned about everyone. I know. I'm worse. We're so everybody. Are you all okay? And he then started a film company, I think, when he was like 70 or 80, which is just a cavalcade of hilarious disaster. (laughs) If you wanted to go, I cannot recommend enough the five part series of Behind the Bastards about L. Ron Hubbard. You would just not believe this man's life. Five parts. Yes. That's not including the sex cult episode because that's technically about the guy who ran the sex cult, the demonic sex cult. L. Ron Hubbard is really just a passing character in it, so the six. <laughs> and they're just hilarious. But Scientology oh, isn't God. funny. And I really want to watch... Have you seen Going Clear, which is the relatively recent HBO documentary about it, uh, about Scientology, which is supposed to be, like, mind-blowing? No, I haven't. But I will watch it. It sounds really interesting. All of it sounds interesting. I mean, all cults do this. And again, I'm still not convinced that cults and religion aren't the same thing. But I remember when the London bombings happened and I lived up the road from King's Cross. And obviously it was a really traumatizing time for everybody. And, you know, you have lots of mourners and people coming to pay their respects and just posters everywhere of like missing people who, you know, unfortunately are probably just their bodies haven't been found yet. And the whole place was just a wash of Scientology people just being like, hi, want to talk? And just, I mean, not that I had a good opinion of Scientology before that, but that just always sticks in my head like you are vultures like this Vile. is just disgusting but no it's also something that i struggle with parts of christianity as well when it's like you have questions for life why don't you come here to this non-religious iconography thing that we set up which is just a question mark but it is all god-based it's just like don't prey on the vulnerable people who genuinely need help i just just don't just don't pray uh, on the rich <laughs> eat the rich <laughs> I was mind blown when I saw that 
tweet that someone wrote that did the circle a while back because when you see people on street corners like preaching and they're just literally like screaming into the void or the people by the stands of the booklets being like are you happy have you ever wondered about the secret to life and I've always just been really confused about like sure what is the success rate of this surely it's zero like if you wanted to live a good life as a religious follower of God or Christ or whoever it is would you not spend that time better in doing charitable works um you know offering service in your community volunteering and when I read that thing that was like no no the the point is is that they know that this isn't going to produce any successful conversions it's literally to reinforce to the followers their isolation from the rest of the world and that's why you send people out to knock on doors and to try and like convert people not because you genuinely think that um, people will be converted but to reinforce the facts to do your new yeah converts that like we know the secret and all of these people in the real world like they hate us and only we really understand and I was like, oh, that's so dark. I'd never thought that's of that before. So awful. It's so dark and it's so clever. Oh, it makes so much sense. That's disgusting. But it makes so much sense. You're totally right. I never thought about it that way. I know. We come across a lot of culty behavior in the non-monogamy and polyamorous communities. It's really annoying. Ooh, it's the same with like tantric communities. It's the same anywhere there is some kind of new age love concept or anything like that. You're always going to find people who are trying to manipulate it for their personal gain, um, whether that's power, money or anything like that. I have a rule that as soon as someone calls themselves a guru, I walk away. <laughs> if someone tries to bless me, I walk away it's kind of scary there is uh, different types of tantric group there's one tantric group that as soon as it popped up i was just like this is this is the worst thing ever and i think it has come out that the leaders they've committed quite a few sexual assaults and consent violations god that's awful it was a group that became really popular around about say about seven years ago so around about just after i'd been in the non-monogamy community for a few years and it was very much tantric sex about healing trauma through tantric sex now sex is really healing and i do believe this this cult in particular, and I will call them a cult, what they would do is you'd pay for a course and you'd go through the stages of like healing your trauma through it. And one of the things they would do is very much to get you to reenact your trauma with like quite a lot of aggression oh and things like that. They would use quite a lot of like sexual like penetration and stuff to like emphasize certain things. Really, really, really quite aggressive. But what they do is they climax it to the end. And you do the end of like all this stuff that you've done and your like trauma has been like brought up to the surface and you're dealing with it. And then the course would end. But you can buy this next course. Wow, that's so dark and so dangerous. Yeah, awful. And also I found my friend was in it. And this is why I kind of found out more about it. And my ex-partner was desperate to join it. Why? Because I date some weirdos. So I was I was hanging out with my friend. We were talking. We were doing like a massage evening back where we could touch each other. And there was one girl that I had met before and she was part of this group. She was talking about how she felt really... But she was like, oh yeah, but of course I'm a hider. So I'm not allowed to go on to this next bit or I'm not allowed to do this. Or she's very shamed for being a hider. And a hider is someone who doesn't promote the course 
on Facebook or Instagram or social media. No, you fit. And I was like, you're not a hider. You're not also not free promotional for them. So if you honestly are part of the cult and you're part of the group and you believe it and you're actually fully engrossing yourself, that's the only way you're going to heal. And by doing that is about being open and about telling the world what you're doing, which is this course for 575 quid. I mean, there's such a beautiful intersection nowadays between social media capitalism and cults. <laughs> And like weird business entrepreneurship. Mm. I mean, that's just fucking hideous. No, awful. Have you heard of Landmark? No, go on, hit me. Landmark, I'm going to say hi to my friend in case they're listening. We've discussed this already. <laughs> um, he's going to be laughing. I don't know loads about Landmark. I know a couple of people have done it. It's one person who was like, yeah, it's okay. Another person who's like, absolutely fucking not. This is total madness. But from what I can understand, it's like, uh, you've got to take responsibility for your life. And here are some great lessons about how you can live a more productive, profitable life. And a big part of it is when you get to the end of the course, you have to apologize and like acknowledge your kind of new way of authentic being in front of a group of people that you love. And it's basically just a big recruitment racket because... Um, if you are really believing in the process and in yourself and your new version of yourself, would you not want this for the people that you love? Would you not want the people that you love in your life to also find their best self? Uh, <laughs> obviously, yeah. or also... 500 pounds, 1,000 pounds, 2,000 pounds. Yeah, these courses aren't cheap. And also a lot of the time you'll find these courses, they're courses and then they're like, they're retreats. So this is the course, but this is the accommodation. This is the food. This is everything that goes on top of it. It is terrifying. I'm just going to double check. I I will happily say what group this is as well. It's called TNT. What does it stand for? It stands for the new Tantra. Okay. There are lovely tantric courses and, and tantric sex is a really is a really healing space and it is beautiful. I'm not trying to start a cult. It's just nice if you take your time and you enjoy yourself with your partner in a beautiful open way. That is lovely. That is wonderful. And there are many practices of international glory that should not be appropriated, but should be respected and enjoyed. Don't make money off of it. That's as simple as that. As soon as you start making money off it, you're fucked. Should we just be wary of anything of new in the title? New Tantra, New Testament. Just the Old Testament or nothing else. <laughs> new Labour. <laughs> yeah, here is someone left the TNT behind the scenes. Manipulation, lies and control in the world's biggest tantric schools. Oh my God. Yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it was awful. And I remember hearing about it and being like, I think, I think I'm watching a cult. Hell yeah. I think I'm watching a cult. But I was a bit too young to understand. I, I'm not saying too young to understand, but in terms of like, these people were a lot older than me. I remember being like, I'm just like 23 years old and you're 30. I'm like, I don't know if I can tell you you're in a cult. I did. And I was like, are you in a cult? And they were like, no, no. Just like, I feel like something someone in a cult would say. Mm. Isn't yeah. either manufacturing or resurfacing trauma a big part of the recruitment process of cults? Possibly, yeah. Well, you prey on their vulnerabilities, make it sore, make it relevant, make it new, and then tell them that you've got the answers. Oh, it's the perfect way of doing it. It's, yeah, there's quite a lot of manipulative practices. And also, the other thing that I don't like about cults, it's something that fucks me off, is the fact that they've given non-monogamy such a bad name. Every cult is like, well, they had 20 wives. And I was like, ah. So whenever I, it's the same thing. Whenever I tell my mum I'm non-monogamous, it's the same thing. She just genuinely thinks I'm in a cult. I'm like, I'm not in a cult. I'm not in a cult. And I know we now know that's the thing that people say when they're in a cult, but I'm not in a cult. Yeah, I mean, that's a loosely scenario there. The I'm not in a cult phrase. Yeah. Yeah, I really can't. But it's like, for it to go to a cult, I have to be doing something. But all I'm doing is seeing my partners and talking to my cat. I've lived a pandemic. 
it's really fascinating because it's this real association and it's one of the things that's kind of used to keep non-monogamy very much in its place of like a deviant and to the corner is because like oh look at these dirty people in a forest that kept their people isolated had 20 wives and and then killed them all at the end and it's just like <laughs> but um obviously i can see the difference totally but i guess if somebody was listening to this who isn't used to kind of this being something that's mentioned in our circles and not really that big a deal mm. When people say stuff like that to you, like what what do you what do you say? I mean, obviously it is completely different, but like, how do you articulate that? Well, it comes down to the fact that it's just the same problem with like LGBTQ plus and things like that. It all comes down to the fact that their only exposure to it has been through bad bad media and bad influence. It's just there's there's been no positive role models. But we are living in a time where you are seeing non monogamous characters appear, like non monogamous, non binary, trans characters, all all the wonderful uh, queer beautiful creatures in the world appearing in different places. So it is changing a bit. So when some people are like, when they think my lifestyle is weird. Or they think that it's a cult. I tend to not engage with the conversation. I don't think I've really had to engage it that much. I think I've just walked away being like, I'm I'm good. Don't really want to spend my life justifying. So I'm just going to mosey on out. And most of the time, I'll be honest, most of the time when I tell people I'm non-monogamous, the first thing they always say with no no invite to say is always, oh, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And it's like, I didn't ask if you could do it. I just told you that I have two partners. <laughs> Like, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. And again, I still didn't ask you. Yeah. Yeah. Annoying. Do you have anything more on cults? I think we've gone through actually everything. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. Can't wait to do the religion episode. That'll be totally different. Speaking of what? cults, uh, House of Burlesque has a Patreon. <laughs> it does have a patreon you can sign up to our mantras each week (laughs) where we help you um develop a new philosophy of life uh and feel free and live as your most authentic self and if you really enjoy living as your most authentic self for eight pounds a month you can upgrade to the higher tiers (laughs) no it's glorious yeah you know so not all cults are bad (laughs) some cults are harmless Yes, I discovered that through my research. I mean, it's so broad, like all the different types of cults of like basically anything, anything and everything could be a cult. And a cult of OnlyFans. (laughs) I don't know if it's really a cult because they leave willingly and often, but they do come back. So maybe Uh, sign up. (laughs) It's my birthday month. So I'll be doing a sale when this comes out. I think you should charge more when it's your birthday. Um, <laughs> it's my birthday, so all tiers are an extra 50% We don't have tiers. We only have one. Oh, okay, really? One, and then we charge for videos inside as well. So it's to get you through the door. You've got the main page, and then I sell things as well. So customers sell different videos. So that's where the money comes in. So what you're saying is when they first pay the initial fee, <laughs> they then find out that they yeah. to access more. Yeah. <laughs> Access more, they have to Great. pay more things, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to move further into the uh, circle of knowledge and experience. Yeah, my circle <laughs> of knowledge. <laughs> Literally. 
Um, Marvellous. Hey, guys, turns out we can't go anywhere. So since we're all stuck on this rock together, why don't you consider a holiday to the Isle of Wight? Maybe on the weekend of the 31st of July, it will be the only island you're going to be allowed to go to. And it's pretty damn far south, so it might even be good weather. And Lolo and I happen to be in a tent doing a two-woman show with guests at 9pm as part of the Ventnor Fringe Festival. Isle of Wight mm. is, is a beautiful place with lots of gorgeous, fun beaches and stunning little shops. It's it's very cute and lovely. Mm. So if you fancy it, come and hang these with us. Yeah, it's going to be a scorcher a weekend. Um, we are, I'm definitely looking forward to a late show, clocking off and getting to that bar. It's going to be super duper fun. Yeah, it's going to be an absolutely fantastic show. It's going to be rammed packed with Tempest and mine's favourite acts. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be wonderful. And then, yeah, keep track of what's happening come see shows when they start happening but as probably you're all aware things aren't quite opening up yet so hold your horses hold your horses when they do please buy lots of tickets mm. for your favourite shows but yeah. also be prepared that they might have to cancel <laughs> I just cut that out. No, I think maybe we should all just get used to it. I think we're all just in this dull ache of it's probably not going to happen. It's probably not going to happen. We are living in the age of pessimism. Yes, we've just been burnt so many times. Yeah, we've killed the optimists. Mm. Yeah, the cult of pessimism. I know, Prepare I was trying to relate to Tories to cults. It wasn't really going anywhere in my head. No, I don't think... Cunts, all of them... sorry, that was the word I was looking for. Yeah, it's too close, it's too close. <laughs> I think uh, Tories couldn't be a cult because they're too individualistic. Mm. I am really enjoying, in lieu of any kind of trustworthy government, the absolute shit slinging going on uh, with Cummings. So the latest thing today that Cummings released the text where Johnson called Hancock a fucking useless idiot or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, do it. I'm going to be honest. I'm like, do it. Take him to town. All of them. All you're doing is showing each other being the worst dick no one wins out of this situation you all look like dicks no one wins and we really lose but you know at least we might have a laugh along the way until we cry knowing that if they call the snap general election people will still vote for them for reasons that i just cannot work out cults Mm. they go back we're all locked in a cult we're all locked in a cult we're locked in the cult of the fallibility of humanity better the trauma you know is that situation that's going on here is that yours yeah gorgeous i love it thanks i'll write it down because i won't remember (laughs) you should it's very good anything else we want to plug i want to plug wearing sun cream I'd like to plug remembering that even though it's really boring now, there still is a pandemic going on. So just be safe. Be safe. And this is this is my plug. Taking LFT tests as and when you would like to take them because you want to double check that your sniffly nose is not COVID is not an accurate way of testing whether or not you have COVID. For the love of God, it only works if you test regularly. Please, it doesn't work like that. If you're concerned, get a PCR. If you've got symptoms, stay at home. I cannot keep having conversations with you all every day about how you've had a cough and a fever for three days, yet you still decided to lick your neighbour. Stop it. Oh my God, just... 
Well, I mean, I think what one one thing that today's really given us is resounding faith in humanity. <laughs> uh, <laughs> truly has. I love the way that we willingly agreed on this topic. We're like, cults will be fine. We were really excited about it. Idiots. But then we both had lives or actually, I don't know about you, but I'm exhausted. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely exhausted. The weather doesn't help, which I feel bad about saying because I'd much rather it be warm because then it sort of feels like we're kind of on holiday. But I'm not sleeping very well. I don't know about you. No, no, not at all. Um, Last night, I think I got like an hour max, but not sleeping well. I'm exhausted from social interaction, just like seeing people at shows or like seeing people again. I'm fucking knackered. I'm exhausted from preparing to do things. I have to like write a thing being like, pack your suitcase tonight, make sure that you've done something that you need to do. I'm in a day where we just pick up the suitcase that's still by the door from the last gig that we did with all of the stuff festering still inside it and being like, oh, I am doing the same acts and just going back out again. <laughs> Whereas now I feel like it takes me half a day to get ready for a gig. Have you aired your costume? No. <laughs> Take it out of the suitcase. Now I'll do it tomorrow because I've got to pack for our shoot anyway. Apparently there's a 90% chance of rain on Friday. Yeah, I saw that today. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for joining. Make sure we thank our beautiful, incredible producer, uh, Richie Ruru's for editing and staying with us and sticking out all this horrendousness with us you glorious creature we love you check out their podcast i might be wrong uk all about music of all the kinds of wonder do check them out and also a huge thank you to rosie verbose for the wonderful jingle that is at the end of episode at the end of all our episodes which is still relevant and we love them for it make sure you do check out them at rosie verbose on instagram and social media but also make sure you check out their invisible cabaret uh, which is a networking cabaret all around mental health awareness and we love it it's glorious and of course thank you to you dear listeners you you, you. i'd like to say a special thank you to lolo brow Oh God! For hand holding my synapses all the way through <laughs> the last year and a half, but I did realise the other day. Uh, yeah, it's been a year since. Well, it's been about two weeks past a year since our very first podcast. Do you imagine that we'd still be here? <laughs> <laughs> still uh, at home. Still here. Still, uh, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's fine. Yeah, I'm fine. You fine? I'm fine. Are you all fine? Because frankly, since this episode, I'm not sure. <laughs> None of us are fine. I think we should just collectively all have like a nap, wake yeah. up, get hydrated, and then try again tomorrow. I mean, isn't that what lockdown's supposed to have been? But there has been no tomorrow yet, so. <laughs> Dark. So on that note, thanks everybody. Uh, you, you've been great. We love you. Thank you for continually tuning in to listen to whatever shit we've got to say this week and enjoying it. It shows that we really are all gluttons for punishment. <laughs> um, so on that note, I guess I'm joking. We'll see see you next next Tuesday. See see you Tuesday. <laughs> we can't be cut. Oh wait 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 wait. What if it's like see you? Was I getting L? cult i uh, see you lovelies tuesday tuesday <laughs> nailed it <laughs> it's just dr- see you mm, tuesday. tuesday drunk drunk uncle tuesday drunkle drunkle 
So you want to be a showgirl, a star of cabaret, but the closure of the theatres leaves a hole in your heart and in your day. Well, here's two artists who miss burlesque gigs, performing and acting moronic. People who, when life gives them lemons, just slice them up for a gin and tonic. They put the mock in mocktail, the cock in cocktail, let them show you how. It's gin salt with tempest rose and low, low brown. Give us your attention. It's great getting on. Nice. Getting old is a beautiful thing. <laughs> All the brand new friends that are your sudden aches and pains. Uh, it's like having a new family. Oh, I was like, do you make friends when you're older? And I realised, no, that's that's not how it works. <laughs> bye. Oh, bye, Rich. <laughs> Rich is just gone.